This morning we uh, hit the pause button before next week. Next week we kick off our new theme for the year, so hopefully you're coming back for that. But before we move forward to the New Year's theme, we're going to hit the pause button today and address a a subject uh, that's important to every one of us because God has us here for a purpose. We're on earth for a very reason. The, The fact that you're here today alive, you woke up, you're here, means that God still has purpose for your life. And he wants you and me to live to our redeemed potential. And the best way we do that is by being healthy. And yes, we're going to address whether we're physically healthy. Are we at a place where God can fully use us? Are we at a place where we're living to our redeemed potential? Because every area of our lives impacts the other areas. And you heard Pastor Tannen say earlier in our announcement time that Fight Club addresses four areas. Jesus grew in Luke 52. Jesus grew in wisdom, intellectually. Jesus grew in stature. He grew in health. Jesus grew in favor with God and man and his relationship with God spiritually and his relationship with others relationally. We're going to address the physical aspect. If Jesus himself grew in stature and he set the model, then we should grow too. The reality is, is we do have a chance to grow. And if we get that area in line with what God wants, it changes everything. Every once in a while, you'll come across a story that inspires you and helps you see. And my hope is this, as we're about to watch this story, true story of a man, that this story, his story, will inspire you to say, I can. This could be the year where I get healthy. This, this could be the year where I live to my redeemed potential physically. We have a goal this past year, and it'll be in the goals again, to be the fittest church on planet Earth. Why? so that we don't diminish how God can use us, so that we can take all of us and use us and our abilities to take the gospel to the nations. May we never be known as individuals and as a church who stands before God one day at the Bema seat, and God looks at us and has said, this is how I could have used you had you not making these physical choices. May we always live to our redeemed potential physically. Here's a story of someone who refused to believe the report from a doctor and knew that he had more in life. Take a look at this true story. What are you doing? sent me those first two pictures on with the knee braces, the back brace, the canes, 297 pounds, and his belly was out to here. And I was thinking, God, how am I going to help that guy? When you get what you want, not what you need. 
When you feel so tired that you can't sleep Stuck in reverse And tears come streaming down your face When you lose something you can't replace When you love someone but it goes to waste Could it be worse? Lights will guide you home And ignite I've lost so much weight that if I don't hold these up they'll fall And I'm not going to do that right now But... I'm really pleased with this, and I just want to share this with everybody. Thanks a lot. When you're too in love to let it go, but if you never try, you'll never know. Here's where I'm at now. What you wear. My hope today is this, that I don't know where you're at. All we're asking is this. All we're asking is that you move. Has nothing to do with age. Has nothing to do with body size. It has everything believing that you're able to. All I'm asking and all the word of God is asking is that we all get to a place where we're living to our redeemed potential physically. And probably if we're really honest, most of us as we age, some of us, we don't have a physical plan, a, a health plan in store or an act. And, and to be quite frank, we're far from where God wants us to be. But the good news is this could be the year. This could be the year where you move. Maybe you set some goals and, and you're eating habits. And for some, it might be you need to eat. And for others, 
you need to quit eating some things and have, give yourself some need to give permission, some need to take away and crucify your flesh. But what if every one of us chose, what if every one of us just chose that this is the year that we take these incredible bodies that God has designed, formed them, and we use them to the full potential that he has given us. And the reality is those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior have the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. We have an unfair advantage. We have the living God living in us. We're about to go on a journey. And my hope is this. I don't want to bring guilt on you. That's, that's not my nature. I'm not a person who guilts people. I want to inspire you from God's word. I want to inspire you with stories to become the person that Jesus wants you to become so that you can live on mission the way he wants you to live. Grab your Bibles, and we're going to go on a journey. And turn to Psalm chapter 139. And if you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Ushers will be glad to put one in your hand. But turn to Psalm chapter 139, and we're going to read two verses. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Would you stand with me as we read these out loud together? Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Let's read these together. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Let's read it. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Let's read 14 again. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You may have a seat. You and I are capable of more than we realize. Even in the case of the video we just watched, Arthur, he was told he couldn't do something. Yet he was capable of so much more because someone believed in him and he, and he got on a pattern of, of discipline. And this discipline took him to a place where he thought he could never be. And my hope today is same for you and the same for me. But truth be known, when we are at our best, we are able to accomplish way more than when we are weak, frail, or sluggish. If you and I truly want to be all that Jesus wants us to be, then we must have healthy bodies. What if, just, just imagine, what if the only thing that limited us from being all we can be was truly just talent, skills, and abilities? I mean, what if we had tasks in front of us and nothing stopped us but our skill set and our talents? If nothing else, truth be known, that's not the case for most. For most. It's because we have gotten into these sedentary lifestyles for many of us. And it, mentally, we think we can. We've given up. We're too old. We're, we say we're past our prime. We're too young. We have all these reasons. We get married. We had these patterns before we were married. And we set them aside. We used to. We can't anymore. We're too busy. We're working. We have kids. We have this. And so what we've done, we have squeezed out a very important piece of our lives. It's the health piece. And we can come up with a thousand excuses, every single one of us can, to say, I don't need to be healthy. I don't have time to be healthy. And the major reason we can't do things, many of these things in our lives, is because of lack of energy. We are wiped out. We could never bound a flight of stairs without being out of air. Some could barely jog from seat to the parking lot today without a heart murmur. For, yet for some reason, we choose not to do anything. What if this was the year? 
what if this was the year we said, that's it, no more. I'm going to take this incredible body that God has fearfully and wonderfully made. He has me here for a purpose, and I am going to become, and I will not let my poor choices, health-wise, limit me. I will never forget, and some of you have heard this, as a college freshman at Grace College over 30 years ago, sitting in a healthy lifestyles class. I never forget Dr. Johnson. He was talking about health, and he said something that changed the whole trajectory of my life. Seriously. And I might have been the only person in that room that changed the trajectory of life. I was athletic. I played, before I went to college, three softball leagues. I played in basketball. I was athletic. But I never really put the pieces together. That if you go in a lifestyle of good health, that God can use you to the potential he wants to use you at. But he said these words I'll never forget. He was talking about muscles. He said the same way that you can take a bicep and use a, a, a weight, and you can work it, you can strengthen the muscle, you can build the muscle. That makes sense to me because you can see it. If you work it, you can see it. You work it, and you put stress on it, and you recover, it gets stronger. And he said these words I'll never forget. He says, do you realize that your heart is a muscle? And I remember I perked up because I've never really processed that in my mind. And then he said this, if you work your heart, you can build the muscle of your heart and make it stronger. Hmm. And he said this, if you build the heart muscle, It will allow you to be healthier. And then he said this. Why? I remember thinking, why? How can you build? He said, the reason you want to build your heart muscle. He says, if you make it stronger, it will beat less. And if it beats less, it will last longer. And if it lasts longer, you'll be around as long as God wants you to be to do his work. And I just about went, wow. See, that makes sense to me. You can actually take your heart. It's a muscle. You can make it stronger, and it will beat less. And how do you do it? Exercise. I remember sitting in this classroom, and I believed him. And you know what? For 30-plus years, I'm not kidding you, I've been on an exercise routine for 30-plus years. I have run, I have lifted, and you know what? He's right about that. Yet some of us have chosen to limit that part of our lives, whether it's an injury, a football, basketball. We have these excuses. I can't, I can't too much. There is always a way to do something to get active to be moving. Yet the major reason some of us can't is because we've chosen to not hit that area of our lives. You see, somewhere along the road, we believe the lie that good health should be a low priority. I've heard messages. I've heard people go to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. And they've taken it, and they've exegeted it wrongly. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Here's where people go, and this is where they, they, they often land. Let me give you a fresh perspective today where I believe, personally, this is what this passage means. 1 Peter chapter 4, and verse 8. Paul, an older man, was the mentor of Timothy, who was an up-and-coming preacher. He told him a lot of things spiritually. And then he, he, he speaks to him. I can see Timothy sitting to him. And I can see him saying this to Timothy. And he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. He said this. For physical training is of what? What's the two words? Come on, help me out. First, I'm sorry. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. For physical training is of some value. You find it, I'll read it. But godliness has value for all things. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. For physical training is of some value. Some translations have little value. As a kid, I remember. I remember hearing physical training is of little value. You don't need to worry about that. 
But spiritual training has great value. So in other ways, or in other words, just focus on the spiritual and let the physical go. And then Paul said this to Timothy, he said this, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Here's what this means. Let me give you what I believe this he is saying. Paul was not saying that bodily exercise isn't important. This is a comparative statement in Greek to show that spiritual exercise is much more important. Now, here's why, though. Physical exercise is only beneficial in this life, but spiritual exercise will help us in the world to come as well as in this life. We only get one chance to live this life in these bodies because the old body will be resurrected into a new body. So he's saying, it's a duration thing. Sure, 50 years isn't as long as infinity. 25 years if you lived on earth or 70 or 100, whatever it is, it's not as much as forever when you know Christ, but it doesn't diminish the value while you're here. So Paul wasn't saying that physical exercise wasn't important. He was just saying in time and duration. It's not as long. It's not around as long. Because when we get to heaven, we'll have a new body. We will be like Christ. You see, God has given us a brilliant operating machine. Physical exercise is beneficial to us. You see, the closer I get and hopefully the closer you get to Jesus, the more I long to be healthy. Why? Because I want to be at my best possible, whatever that is, so that it doesn't limit how God can use me to do his work. I can remember sitting in seminary classes, and I'm not, I remember sitting in there, and I remember thinking as I was sitting in chapel, Lord, please, may I never be that person, that pastor, who encourages us people in the area of discipline and health, yet I'm not healthy. How can I ever, ever encourage others if I'm not willing to do it too? And so Paul is saying to Timothy, listen, young Timothy, physical exercise, sure, it has, has little value or some value because of duration, but it is very important. It takes hard work, discipline, and good priorities to stay healthy. See, we need a good energy source. God has given us a brilliant operating machine. Yet some of us are so wiped out after the work day that the only thing we want to do when we get home is sleep. Some of us can hardly stay alert in a meeting because of lack of energy. Some of us fall apart quickly, emotionally. We get aggravated, irritated because of lack of energy. So we need to increase Our energy, and hear me out, it's not monster. This passage doesn't say, drink lots of monster and you'll have lots of energy. It doesn't say, drink five-hour energy drinks three times a day. Now listen to me, intrinsically, there's nothing wrong with them. But if you are relying on anything and it begins to master you, it is a sin. God has given us this brilliant operating machine called the human body. And God would never create something or require something from us that he wouldn't supply us to do it. How does that happen? Our body, and I'm not a doctor, and I don't claim to be a doctor, but I know a tiny bit about the body. Our body has the ability to produce all kinds of hormones. Let me speak to two that are important today. You and I can increase our capacity for energy through exercise. Our bodies produce two hormones. One is catecholamines. 
Literally, it's catecholamines means is a challenge and fight response. It means this, as you and I exercise, as we get our heart rates up, whatever that looks like, it's different for everyone. As we exercise, we literally store away catecholamines. We, we have this silo. I often say to runners, put the miles in the silo and you can bank on those. Put them in. If you don't have them in, you can't get them out. It's the same way with catecholamines. As you put them into the silo, you reach in, you tap into that. I need energy. Well, there it is. The other hormone that our body produces is cortisol. That's just the opposite. It's a fear response. It literally drains you. So our bodies are incredible. Exercise, get your heart rate up, catecholamines build into this. And the reason we're tired, the reason we don't have energy is because we're not producing that hormone. Exercise increases the catecholamine, thus gives us more energy. It gives us a necessary motivation to get off the couch in the middle of winter and exercise. Think about it this way. If your body, and it is, is a tool that God uses, then you ought to give him a tool that is most useful. I'm a carpenter by trade. Built tons of homes. Built them through seminary. Built Coach Kessler's house with another basketball player. That's my trade. And you have to have a good tool. When you have a good tool, and it's sharp, and it's the one for the job, it's most useful. God has responsibility for us. And in order for us to be most useful, we have to take this tool called the human body and get it as best as we can. I understand there's some things we have no control over, but as best as we can from the choices we make to run in such a way so that it makes the most impact. God has designed us to make a difference in this world. Let me just say it this way. Exercise, hear me out, is a gift from God and not a burden from him. Can I have one more amen out of that? Thank you. It is. It's a gift. See, some of us see it as a burden. I don't want to get off the couch. I'm tired. It's dark outside. Well, you know, if you ever go to Walmart, they have these things called headlamps. And they shine in the dark. And you can walk in the dark. And we have a gym here that you could come at 6 a.m. and walk around the track. I don't want to go out. It's cold. Do you realize that the studies are showing that if you exercise outside, that you build up immunities that push off viruses in your body? And that those who exercise outside are less prone to get sick? Like, anyone up for that? I am. Do you realize that there are clothes that you can wear and ways to protect your face and gloves that you can wear and shoes that you can run all year round outside? It is possible. It is very possible. And the reality is this. Exercise is a gift. If we get this one down, it changes the quality of our life for generations to come. Why? Because 1 Peter 3.15 says this. But in your hearts, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. What ways have you limited God using? Let me, let me speak to some people, wives. You get ticked when your husband works out? Because he's taking time. Do you want him around? But he's away from me. Do you want him? Do you want him around? Let him exercise. Wives, husbands, same, same way. 
in order for us to reach the full redeemed potential, we got to exercise our bodies. we got to nutritionally feed ourselves. And there's other areas there too. Men, hear me out. Men decide their habits, and your habits decide your future, and often your children's future. They're watching you. In fact, if I were to bring your children up here and your grandchildren up here, and I ask them this question. Grandparents, if you're standing here, mom and dad, you're standing here, and they were old enough to understand, say, ask them, is your dad, is your mom, is your grandmother, is your grandfather healthy? Do they ever exercise? Tell me about them, do they? They would be able to answer that right away. Why? Because they watch, they see. You see, some of us have went so long because we got a good gene pool, and people think we're healthy, but the reality is you're not. You don't have an exercise plan in place. And listen to me. You are limiting how God can use you now and in the future. Exercise is important. Your body was not designed for inactivity. What would your children say? One of the things I love, I speak about Fight Club, it's our men's ministry. One thing I love, I love when I see pictures, when I see dads down and they're doing push-ups and they're doing them. And guess who's beside them? They're doing them too. I love that picture when I see a dad or a child on top of a dad. I love seeing the pictures where moms are out with kids. Why? Because what you do, your kids will do. What you eat, your kids will eat. We are setting our children up to struggle or not struggle. We are setting them up to live to the redeemed potential or not live to the redeemed potential in the area of physical activity. Let me ask you, you got an exercise plan? What's your plan? Oh, that's not as important. Yes, it is. It's incredibly important. What's another way that we can get fit? What's another way that we can be healthy? Well, turn to Psalm chapter 127. Psalm chapter 127. Look at Psalm chapter 127. Psalm chapter 127 and verse 2 says this. In vain you rise up early and stay up late, twirling for food to eat. For he, God, grants sleep to those he loves. He grants it by allowing us to cast off our concerns and worries. Sleep is important. Do you realize that Jesus in Luke chapter 5 and verse 16, he withdrew to lonely places? Why? Because he worked hard all day. And he would pull away and recover. He relaxed. He slept. Jesus himself, who is the perfect model, showed us that we need to pull away. We need to have proper rest. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 says, They withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. Many other examples. We find ways to recover or replenish ourselves so that we can operate at maximum performance. Not only do we need a good health plan, but we need a good recovery plan. There is a myth and I've heard it, and you've heard it, and maybe you've spoken it. And it goes like this. Stress not good for you. I'm going to get out of this job because it's too stressful. i got to get out of this relationship because it's too stressful. i got to get out of this workplace because it's too stressful. We somehow want to run from stress as if there's something wrong with stress. No, stress can be a good thing. It's the catalyst for growth. Think about lifting weights. When you lift a weight, you put stress on a muscle. And the reason you put stress on it is to stretch it and make it grow. And then, what, how does it get bigger? How does it get stronger? One day, you put stress on it. The next day, you recover. It's the same with our bodies. Exercise. Put stress on it. Put yourselves in environments. Recover. And as you recover, you get stronger. When you walk through something difficult and you pull away and rely on God, you get stronger. Stress, recovery, 
brings growth in our lives. Sleep is probably the best way to recover. The optimal amount of hours for you and I to sleep is seven to eight hours. The minimum is six. Some of you are saying, well, I don't need six. I don't need six hours. I'm I'm doing fine. And some of you might be saying, "I, I need five hours a day to make it. No, that's what you have programmed your body to do along with three monsters and five five-hour five hour energy drinks. Listen to me. You're cutting yourself off. God has perfect, hear me out. God has perfectly designed our bodies to live in this world in such a way, if we treat them the way he intended them, to be at our prime optimum every single day of our lives. God has designed our bodies that way. I remember about, this is about eight years ago, for a Sunday message, I was talking about the effects of substitute energy. And so I decided that I would drink monster drinks in all three services. They're the only three monster drinks I ever drink in my life. I've never, I have never drank a monster drink. And so I drank them. I just want to say, I'm going to get energy. So I was having some fun and I was drinking them. I drank three monsters. And like, like three and a half, now imagine me with three monsters. The next day, we were playing basketball here at the church. And God used that for good, by the way. I was talking about catecholamines and how you produce catecholamines, and I was running down the court and made a shot, and I said, catecholamines, please. And I, baby, and I went like this, and I turned around, I passed out, straight down on the floor. All seriousness. 17 stitches, went into a seizure, completely just... It, it obliterated. But what I found out was this. I'm hypoglycemic. My proteins are low. And I need sugar in my life. Had it not been for that journey. But all that to say this. Monster drink didn't help me at all. It made things worse for me. But our bodies have been designed such a way that if we produce by exercise catecholamines, we will live to our redeemed potential. Sleep is the best way. And when you get proper sleep, you don't get proper sleep, you don't recover, and you do not grow. Your body has learned to recover on its own or slow you down. You know what happens? You get headaches. Ah, oh, it's got this headache. Body saying, slow down, get sleep, get rest, get some good nutrition, take some vitamins, drink some water, no more coffee. It speaks to you. If you don't slow down in, in recovery, sooner or later your body will break down, it'll give you a headache. You know what else happens? You get sick. Viruses float around. You're the one in the office who's always sick, and the person beside you is never sick. How come they're always sick and he isn't? And she isn't? Maybe just because there's a health plan in store. Maybe just because there's a recovery plan in store. Maybe just because there's a nutrition plan in store. Maybe because in the wintertime they're outside because studies will show if you're outside exercising, you have a propensity to push off viruses that float your way. The immune system will weaken if you don't get proper sleep, proper exercise, and proper nutrition. One of the best ways to recover properly is to do your life in sprints. Let me explain this for a second. Take brain breaks. Find an end to your week and an end to your day. you got to find an end. And so maybe for you, I sit in the office, and I have often in the office, if you've ever been in the office, you'll see I get up and I walk out. Right in the middle of creating something or doing something, I have to get moving. I take a break. I can't sit there all day. If I sit there all day, I would go nuts, number one. But it helps me. It's a break. 
I put a break. I walk out to get a drink of water. I might come out and shoot some hoops. Sometimes we'll go out and shoot free throws. Tana and I had a game of pig this week. Yes, and you, it was good for us. He'll tell you who, who won that later. But take brain breaks. Put an end to your week and an end to your day. If you don't have a proper recovery plan, then you won't live to your redeemed potential. Another way, how can we properly prepare and serve Christ and get a good plan in life? Our attitude impacts everything. The overall health of your body is often determined by your attitude towards exercise, towards nutrition, towards your day, towards you. We must think healthy thoughts. You've heard me say this, but each day when I wake up, I I wake up with a praise and I say, God, this is what you've laid on my heart. I praise you. I did it this morning. I praise God. I laid out the praise. Why? Because praise pushes back darkness. I don't need that extra resistance in my life. You know what else I do? I pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation. If it's possible for us to pray and he cannot lead us into temptation, amen, baby, amen. I look for ways, and one of the disciplines is to put praise in place. It's an attitude saying, Lord, thank you for this day. I get another day of life. You probably hate me in the morning, but that's how I wake up. We must think like we are more than conquerors. We must live like our God has risen from the dead and isn't still in the grave. We must live like we believe that we have an unfair advantage called the Holy Spirit living in us, and with him all things are possible. We must live like God has a plan for our life, and I'm going to take this tool called the body, and I'm going to celebrate that he chooses to use me, and each time he does, I'm going to boast in him. It's a pattern of cycle. It's an attitude that says, woo-hoo-hoo. Amen? That's the picture. You must get rid of negative thoughts. It says, I'm too old. I tried that. This is my plan. I can't do it. I'm too. This was passed down to me. It's, I don't have enough time. I, I work. I don't have this. And like, after, let me tell you something. After a while, people are sick and tired of you. No one wants to hear your negative reasons why you can't do something. If you do, you're weird. <laughs> Nutrition is another way to replenish yourself. Let me just say something. We talk a lot about what permission and freedom we have in Christ and praise the Lord for it. But we don't talk much about crucifying our flesh. We are always trying to find passages in the Bible that give us freedom and permission. In fact, books are written about permission, freedom, but rarely do we celebrate the passages that encourage us to crucify our fleshly desires. It's saying, I want that third rise and roll. I want that second, but no, 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 I'm going to kill myself. No. It's crucified. It's beat my body so that it doesn't master me. Crucifying those thoughts of like, oh, I want to stay inside. I'm tired. I don't want God's dark. It's cold. It's April 0. Those goonballs are out walking. What's wrong with them? Get up and go. It's crucifying our flesh. So that our flesh doesn't master us. I love what the mentor Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7. He said this to Timothy. He said, Timothy, come here, I'm going to tell you something. Timothy, let me tell you what he said. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a power, sound mind, love. And then he said, Timothy, one other thing he gave you, just, just in case you didn't know, self-control discipline. 
I picture Paul saying, Tim, there's going to come a time. You, you need to remember that. And you're going you're, you're to need to know that there's this, this spirit of God who he, he lives in you. And he's given you not even the spirit of power and love, but self-control and discipline. How often have you said, or it's been said of you, someone say, well, they're just very disciplined people. They're different than us. I've had people say that about me. Like, oh, Jim, he's just radically disciplined. No, I'm no different than you. The same God lives in me that lives in you. The same spirit of discipline and self-control lives in you. And when I choose not to use it, then I'm not disciplined. And when I choose to, I am. You have the same power. There's not a junior varsity version of the Holy Spirit. There's one Holy Spirit, and he lives in us, and you are disciplined. Start speaking it. Get up when you're tired in the morning, and you don't want to walk, and you want to go for that fourth pancake, just talk to yourself instead of listening to yourself. God gave me, God gave me power. God gave me love. God gave me discipline. No. You see, we've removed the word sin from the area of nutrition too. It's not even in our vocabularies. And the Bible speaks clearly if we eat too much, more than we need, it's called gluttony. In fact, Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 20 says, don't drink too much wine and get drunk. Don't eat too much food and get fat. Drunks and gluttons will end up on skid row in a stupor and dressed in rags. Proverbs 22 verses 2 to 3 says, don't gobble your food. Don't talk with your mouth full. How many husbands have heard this from their wives and don't stuff yourself? Bridle your appetite. Let me just say something briefly. It has nothing to do with size. You could be a glutton and you could be thin. You could be a glutton and you don't look like a glutton. It has everything to do with you eating more than what you know you need to eat. Before I move on, let me just speak about body image. Lest we think health looks the same for everyone. One size does not fit all. Men and women's bodies are different. And often the scars on our bodies are trophies of our past. Moms have babies, and guess what? It impacts the shape of your body. Listen to me. Celebrate them as trophies because God let you bring life to the world. Amen. You see, in our minds, it's like, well, that's healthy, and that's unhealthy, and that's big, and that's small. No, no. You, you go on your journey, and your body will respond the way it's supposed to. It has nothing to do with size. It's called discipline, self-control, and a pattern of health. For me, I'm 56 years old. I can't eat like I used to. Like, like, like when I was 20 years old, I could eat and eat and eat. And people would say, man, my mom would say, Jim, Jimmy, you got a hollow leg. How do you, where's it go? Like, just fills up that leg. And one of the beauties of aging is your metabolism slows down and you have to work harder. Those things that you used to go after, now you say no to. Those seconds you don't. And I live by an 80-20 principle. Yes, there are times that, that I'm going to eat Boston cream pie. And there was on my birthday red velvet cupcakes. I enjoyed every one of them. But it's not, a, it's not a pattern. I don't sit around and eat red velvet cakes because I like them all day long. It's discipline in those areas. 
One of the greatest gifts that you can give your wife, your husband, your employer, your teammate, and your children is the gift of health. I've had many wives come to me and say, Pastor Jim, can you get my husband to be part of Fight Club? Let me tell you, there's, there's just the opposite too. I know wives who don't want their husbands to be part of Fight Club. And they'll come to me and say, Pastor Jim, um, can you get my husband? I'll say, why? Because I want him to grow spiritually. I want him to be in community. He's kind of isolated himself. He's on this pattern all by himself, and it's hit and miss, and he's, he's not, he's not, he's not in, in community. And, and then they'll say, that, plus, Pastor Jim, I'm concerned for his health. Let me tell you, husbands, one of the best gifts you can give your wife outside of spiritual leadership is a health discipline pattern in your life so that when she goes to bed at night and wakes up, she's not wondering that you're one Big Mac away from a heart attack. It brings comfort and safety to her. How else can we? Proverbs 14.23 says, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Water replenishes you. Hear me out. Minimum, 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 minimum. 64 ounces, 64 ounces, 64 ounces of water. Everybody. 64 ounces of water every day. That's the minimum. And if you really want to have a health pattern, take your weight, divide it by two-thirds. The ounces that comes to, that's how much water you should drink. That's healthy. You know what that does? It curves the appetite. It pushes out the toxins, and your body is mostly water, and your body says, more and more water. We must make good choices. Let me speak to an area that often doesn't get addressed, and I say this because some of my closest friends struggle in this area. And the reason I bring this up is because I want you to know that you can find victory in this area, and this could be the year. Smoking. Let me speak to that for a second. Do you realize what happens to your body, your lungs, when you smoke? I'm going to show you a picture here in a second of a lung that has no cigarettes in it, and then a lung with 60 cigarettes. Take a look. Look at the difference. 60 cigarettes. And when you have a pattern of smoking, you have a 50% more chance of a heart attack and a stroke, diabetes, Your health is diminished because of that. You can get COPD later in life, emphysema. Please know this. You can find help. You can overcome. God has the power in you to help you overcome and to give up that addiction. It is possible through Jesus Christ. Every cigarette that you smoke, every single one, takes 11 minutes off your life. So here's what you're doing. (sighs) 11 minutes. God, you don't need me for that 11 minutes. (sighs) 22 minutes, God. I choose to shorten my life 22 minutes. (sighs) 33 minutes. (sighs) 44 minutes. (sighs) 55 minutes. Six cigarettes. You're saying, God, I didn't need that hour in your life. And that very hour might have been a conversation with your relative about Jesus Christ. But you shortened your life because you believe that you couldn't overcome. Drugs. They come in all forms. They do damage to your brain. They do damage to your body. If you struggle, please don't do it in secret. There is help out there. Food. It's your idol. It could be coffee. Like every morning, you might be the person. I need coffee. I need coffee or I can't function. 
I need it. Let me tell you something. If you get up every day and you can't make it without coffee, listen to me. It is mastering you. It is a sin. I didn't get any amens out of that one. Food. I'm lonely. I'm depressed. It's dark. It's nighttime. Pizza. I need food. I feel better. Wine. I like wine because after a long day, I hear people say, after a long day, it kind of lets me slow down. That's called being mastered. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, can bring more comfort than a glass of wine can. You see, any area in our lives that we lean to instead of Jesus for being mastered. See, some of you are planning for a heart attack. Some of you are planning for a stroke. Some of you won't even see your own kids get married. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. It's never too late to start. Please do an evaluation of yourself. Do you have energy? Are you out of breath? Are you an emotional wreck from time to time? Are you constantly negative? Do small things wreck your world emotionally? You can't do it alone. Listen, you need a daily plan. This is what I would say to you if you were sitting in my office in love and you came to me. I would say enough of the excuses. No more. I don't want to hear, well, I've struggled with this my whole life. I want to tell you that the king of the universe lives in you. Give him the best, cleanest temple to live in. I would say your plan is not working. Confess your sin. Seek someone out. Join community. Listen, men. Listen, women. Training camp, fight club. Listen, I don't care what you have to say. If you want to grow, if you want help, jump into that community. Do something now. Say yes to a better plan, not your plan. Because ask yourself, has there been any improvement this year? Two years, three years, four years. If there isn't any improvement, then I got some words for you. Your plan isn't working. So we're going to do something about that. We're going to go on this move challenge together over the next eight weeks. Maybe you don't know this, but our gym is open. This gym right here, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. From 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, there is a track around the top. 14 laps is a mile. You can come in any time during those times and exercise, walk. This gym has basketball courts if you want to run. We have a weight room over here on my right that you can go to. There are barbells and machines that you get to work out for free. We have a full curves woman's workout room. It's been up there for 10 years. Ladies, you can go up there and work out for free. We are adding two treadmills and an elliptical machine up on the track for you. In our new inside playland in park, when moms or dads bring their kids in and, and they want to play, we have, we're going to put six treadmills, elliptical machines, total of six, so that you can exercise and work out while your kids are working out. There can't be more excuses. It is free and it's here and it's for you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a chance. We're going to have some fun with it. Let's do it in community.
we're going to start what we call a move challenge. And we're asking you for the next eight weeks, you can go to gracecommunity-church.com and register. And on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday, you'll see the hours there, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., 6 to 8 in the evening, except for Wednesday, just 6 to 8. You can come in, and we'll weigh you. And we're going to take your weight. You'll meet with our new recreation director, Mark Umbrister. And because you've already pre-registered online, he'll put down your weight, and he'll measure through this machine your body fat. And so to, to each man that loses the most weight, and to each man who reduces his fat content percentage the most, and to each woman that does that, that's four opportunities to win, you will receive $100 gift certificate at Dick's Sporting Goods to buy new running or walking shoes. And you get to do it in community. So just do it. Let's have some fun. Listen, there's a plan. And to close out our service, we're going to move. So I need about 25 people who would help me on stage. If you're willing to help, just come up on stage. The rest of you stand. Come on, come on, come on. Just need 25 people, all ages, all ages. Just come help me. Kids, adults, I don't care. Come on, come, come help me. 